Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to Voice America. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Variety Channel. I am your host, Melody Edmondson. And today I have a special guest, John Hayward Edmondson. And I want to remind you uh, before I bring him on that if you are new to the Space of the Waste, I would like for you to go to www.voiceamerica.com voiceamerica.com and you can listen to any of the past episodes on podcasts you just put in the search bar the space of the waste and also want to remind you that if you need a visual you can go to my pinterest boards on pinterest under the same name the space of the waste and you will see short-waisted sw long-waisted lw and balance-waisted bw and many by body shape, by waist placement. Some are just long-waisted, some are just short-waisted, but there are many, many, many boards there to help give you a visual of what I'm talking about with waist length. But today I have John Edmondson. He's a talented retail executive, uh, always been in senior management or chief executive officer, and then became a member's board of executives, uh, executive directors on boards. He has many roles in many companies over the last 40 years, and the companies primarily majored and specialized in women's apparel and fashion, fashion accessories, and luxury goods, and also outdoor retail. John has traveled extensively all over the world, in his various roles to keep abreast of retail trends in a changing and moving environment. Although currently John's retired, he is sought out in consulting roles for retailers struggling to keep up with the needed strategies for a post-COVID world that is demanding of massive changes. So it's my complete honor to introduce John Edmondson. Melody left out the most important part. This beautiful and talented woman is my wife for 30 plus years. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get started. And I'd like to start with sort of reviewing all the bankruptcies of the last few years. Uh, stores declaring bankruptcy since 2009. Uh, several, many of them have uh, declared bankruptcy multiple times. That doesn't mean they're necessarily out of business. They may still be operating, and we'll talk about that later. But in 2009, we'll start with Escada. In 2012, Betsy Johnson. 2014, Deb Stores. 2015, Wet Seal, Quicksilver and Cachet, 2016, PacSun, Aerospecial, and American Apparel, 2017, The Limited, BCBG, Payless Shoes, Rue 21, Gymboree, Children's Apparel Retailer, Styles for Less, 2018, Nine West, Sears, David's Bridal, 2019, Diesel, Forever 21, Barney's, Sonia Riquel, and True Religion. 2020, J. Crew, Roots, Neiman Marcus, Brooks Brothers, Lucky Brand, J.C. Penny, Steinmart, Century 21, Ann Taylor, Nordstrom's. Uh, continuing 2020, Lane Bryant, Lord & Taylor, Men's Warehouse, Joseph Banks, Belks, and Jessica Simpson. 2021, Robert Moray, uh, retailer out of London, Global Brands, Alex and Anna, The Collected Group, 
Ralph to Russ, also a London retailer, Belks, Solstice Marketing, Lay Octane, which is an American arm of a French company. Um, many of you, uh, 2022 so far, American Eagle, Sears, Penny's, Kohl's, and Joanne stores. Now, many of you might think that COVID uh, drove this, uh, but you would not be correct. Over 60% of these bankruptcies happened before COVID. So the problem with uh, retailers not keeping up or failing is not new. And I also forgot when I went through those, and I don't, uh, Herod's of London and the Gap. Um, <clears throat> bankruptcies, as you know, uh, allow retailers to forgive their debts or any business in order to stay in business. So the burden is passed on to people who they owed money to, whether it be uh, real estate companies for their leases or uh, uh, products that they bought and never paid for. So many of the manufacturers of apparel that I mentioned may be uh, had to declare bankruptcy because of some of the retailers uh, not using the bankruptcy protection to not pay their bills. Uh, and although many of these uh, people that I talked about, both the manufacturers and retailers, may still be operating, but they are in weakened positions. They have fewer stores, in some cases, smaller footprints, less capital, uh, due to needed infrastructure investments and technology and uh, difficulty to access capital. Once you've been bankrupt, uh, people aren't as willing to loan you money. Even, uh, even uh, companies who are supplying you with product may want prepayments. So we've, we've uh, kind of gone through that there are some problems that are longstanding in retail. And I'd like to talk about some of the reasons why that might be. Uh, many of those companies uh, who are retail had visionary founders who religiously guided the company based on their vision and built uh, very successful companies, i.e. Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus, Lord & Taylor, Bloomingdale's, all family run for many years. As those people uh, or the executives retired, and uh, outsiders came in, they made changes, and in many cases, went against the original vision. And uh, almost all of them uh, made the easy decision, which is to rush to expansion of those retailers. That led to, in my opinion, a dumbing down of stores. For instance, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, Neiman Marcus, Lord & Taylor, are the branches that are in the Midwest, or Southeast, Southwest are nothing like the original New York City uh, stores. So the flagship stores, if you will, that in both the look of the store and the merchandise offered to the public. <clears throat> retail, <clears throat> excuse me, retail in general has been slow to respond to changing consumer behaviors, i.e. online, uh, most retailers had a very sluggish response to online. Most going back were uh, 10 years ago, were happy with five to 10% of total, total store sales um, to, done on their online business because they were married to the brick and mortar business, which was their uh, basic concept. During that time, at the same time, Amazon was doubling its business every two to three years. They took $386 billion from traditional retail, uh, brick and mortar retailers. By early 2000, they had done $41 billion in apparel and fashion and were the largest retail, or the largest retailer of, although all online, of uh, apparel business in the world. 15% of apparel businesses in the U.S. Uh, by 2021 and 34% of all online retail apparel sales in 2021. 
And Amazon, I'm sure you would all agree, has a platform that is superior to all others uh, in the online business. Amazon keeps a record of every uh, piece of merchandise a customer scans, not necessarily buys. So it's algorithms, personalized clothing recommendations. Shoppers can fill out a style survey as well. By the time they arrive uh, in a virtual fitting room, employees have already deposited requested items and others that Amazon has picked based on those algorithms. Um, Amazon has unveiled tech to help customers choose outfits before they were the first. The company has surpassed uh, Walmart as the most shopped clothing retailer in America a few years ago. Uh, there are many challenges in the online business. It's not necessarily easy. Uh, Amazon has 40% of its apparel sales returned by customers. That's why they're working so hard on new technical, technological uh, improvements to their business. That's a significant challenge, but, uh, and other retailers are basically 16, either, no, they're 16.6%, which, and that grew 60% in the last two years. But, the, but Amazon can afford it more than most retailers. Uh, because of their size and profitability. So what can be done? What does the future look like? Uh, because most of those returns are from either consumer bracketing, which means uh, somebody bought something in two colors and two sizes each and with fully intending to return three of the four items. Uh, and the most important reason is fit. Uh, and that has a lot to do with what uh, Melody has been talking about in her uh, radio show, that uh, people don't necessarily understand what they look the best in. So uh, talking about the future of the retail industry, it's all about technology. Uh, as technolo technological advances thrive in the retail industry, legacy technologies like older POS systems, inventory management systems, et cetera, are being replaced. Uh, but there are a lot of trans, a lot of these transitions may have hiccups that bog down the process. Sometimes there are oversights and unforeseen issues that can cause, that require special attention. So it's important to manage these new systems that are uh, suiting the business correctly. <laughs> How do consumers feel about retail tech? Well, 41%, this is a two-year-old survey, but 41% of consumers uh, are loving retail tech in the retail industry. Nobody likes waiting in long lines or driving to the store just to find out the product they want is out of stock. Those are a couple of good examples, but let's expand on that a bit by, talking, by discussing what consumers specifically like about new retail technology. 63% uh, of consumers say what they would use more coupons if they were available online. 67% of shoppers say they want to uh, buy online, pick up in store to make their shopping process faster. 44% of consumers between 35 and 44 years of age have a mobile wallet. 87% of shoppers start their retail experience digitally. They've they look online and the website of the company and pre-shop, if you will. Um, online retail sales have increased by more than 300% since the year 2000. 67% of millennials and 56% of Gen Xers say they prefer online shopping rather than in-store technology. <clears throat> Technology in the retail industry is ultimately connected to the consumer's shopping experience. Regardless of what the retail store specializes in selling, new retail, new retail technology is changing how consumers find, select, and purchase goods. And it's important not to be left behind. Uh, the, some of the trends that are retail uh, business owners are investing in for 2020 are the digitalization of shelves, 
QR codes, self-checkout, mobile wallets, virtual reality and augmented reality, and buy online, pick up in store. So let's spend a couple of minutes on each one of those. Digitalization of shelves is a form of retail technology uh, available in certain different, uh, multiple different ways. For instance, the grocery retail giant Kroger has teamed up with Microsoft to redefine the experience uh, to replace uh, for the consumers and to enhance the physical retail shelf space with digital price tags. This system uses digital displays instead of traditional paper tags to indicate everything from prices and promotions to nutritional and dietary information. Not only does this reduce the environmental impact they have by cutting down on paper usage, but it also gives consumers the ability to use their smartphones to make the physical retail experience more efficient, more personalized, and more fun. Other retailers such as Walmart have started adopting uh, visual search retail technology that allows customers to use a picture of something that they have seen or like, as opposed to words, to search for similar products uh, on e-commerce sites. QR codes, these funky looking pixelated labels that we've seen more and more of over the past decade or so have become particularly popular among smartphone users, which is basically everybody these days. The codes are more than a fun gimmick that gives customers a cool and interesting reason to whip out their phones as if people actually needed another excuse to be on their phones. QR codes are incredibly useful form of technology in the retail industry. They're extremely cost-effective and allow for a wide range of uses. They also produce a good return on investment for the retailers because they can easily mail, uh, evaluate all the data because it's processed and stored uh, from the start. So QR codes can drive increased traffic to a website. It can diversify a social media marketing strategy. Uh, It can provide customers with detailed information about a product, price, packaging date, expiration date, origin, nutritional value, et cetera. Can offer a fast way to make a cashless payment and much, much more. Of all the recent retail trends, QR codes are probably the easiest to put into action for even the smallest retailers. If you own a retail store, this is one of the first forms of retail tech you should get started with. The next one is self-checkout. While you may be thinking this isn't uh, really a new technology, that depends on what kind of retail store is being considered. Supermarkets, of course, were the first sorts of retailers to starting using self-checkout systems. By this time, it's probably hard to find a supermarket without lines for customers to pay on their own. But when we take a look at the fashion retail industry, the adoption of this retail tech has been a bit slower. Uh, Actually, it's been a lot slower. The primary reason for that uh, is Uh, has a lot to do with the complications brought on by magnetic security tags to prevent theft. But that didn't stop Zara from one, from starting the use of self-checkout retail technology in 2018. What are the benefits of self-checkout retail? Most obvious it does is that it does away with long lines at the checkout, but you can also have employees bringing checkout to your customers with handheld card swipers or tablets. Uh, available in store. The next one to talk about is mobile wallets. Retail membership cards are not a new technology by any stretch of the imagination, but one of the new retail industry trends worth mentioning is the mobile wallet, which is essentially a digital version of the membership card with lots of bells and whistles attached. For instance, Target recently uh, launched a mobile wallet that customers can use to make their shopping experience in many, uh, improve their shopping experience in many ways, including accessing coupons and special offers, paying quickly and easily, eliminating the need for cash or cards, uh, track purchasing history, 
habits, and more. Again, this new retail technology may be a bit out of the budget for average small retail business owners, but in a short while, the cost of this are going to be coming down like everything else in technology. In the meantime, I say, although a small retailer may not be afforded, may not be able to afford it today, in the meantime, you need to stay up with what are the trends of the day so you can make the right steps in the future. Virtual reality and augmented reality are arguably the most intriguing times of uh, kinds of technology in the retail industry today and not in very prevalent in use. There are creative ways to use VR and AR for marketing purposes, but on a more practical level, retailers have begun using VR and AR to give customers a better shopping experience. Have you ever been in a store and wondered, what will this look like on me or in my home? Uh, you can see if a new sofa will fit in your living room without taking it home to find out the hard way. <laughs> Nike has started using VR and AR to give customers the ability to test shoes in the virtual world. Uh, customers can use VR retail tech directly on their smartphones without ever having to enter the physical store. The uses for virtual reality and augmented reality in the retail industry are just starting to be explored. And over the coming years, we're likely to see these applied in incredible ways, which may be likely to break the bank for small and medium-sized retailers. But that's, again, is only a excuse me, a temporary obstacle because of the costs that are coming down of retail technology. Uh, buy online, pick up in store. I think everyone knows this. And so I think it speaks for itself. We don't really need to talk, talk about it. Uh, virtual intelligence in the retail industry. Uh, a lot of inventory management is now being powered by artificial intelligence. The retail industry is driven by computers and rich databases more than ever before in 2022. However, the complexity in these systems resulted in a, in a great deal of inefficiencies from errors. Uh, retail workers often find that the system has incorrect quantities for SKUs on the floor, but artificial intelligence can help manage those inventories more effectively with a number of different methods. For example, AR can measure consumer spending analytics to predict when certain types of items may be more likely to increased volume, have increased volume on the sales floor. Amazon takes it a step further with its Amazon Go grocery model. Uh, this project uses computer vision, sensor function, and deep learning. The store's rich network of cameras and IoT sensors, Internet of Things sensors, can detect when a consumer has taken an item off a shelf and placed it in a cart. When the guest leaves the store, credit card is charged for the items that they took. This requires, of course, a deep understanding of what the guest has placed in their cart, but also where items are in the store. If an item moves away from its shelf, the store must be able to keep track of it, how much it's been on hand and where it should have been in order to charge the customer the correct price. AI-driven demand forecasting is another a trend that's happening. Power, this is a powerful tool. It's used by some of the largest brands in the world. A few years ago, it became apparent that many businesses weren't ready for the sudden panic buying that resulted from the beginning of COVID-19 pandemic. As products flew off the shelves, stores that were able to adapt and get their hands on high demand items were able to thrive. Think toilet paper. Uh, to evolve and serve the needs of the public during the pandemic, demand forecasting powered by machine Learning took off. Amazon is another great example of a company that leveraged its power of machine learning for this purpose and managed to stay in stock on many of those difficult items. Next trend, number six, robots and automation in retail. 
So closely related to artificial intelligence is the hardware of robotics. This has a multitude of applications such as delivery, inventory management, and customer service. Uh, let's see, Safeway is experimenting with a Safeway cart, uh, which was produced last year as an autonomous delivery vehicle. Uh, Uber is uh, working on the same technology. Grubhead, Grubhub, excuse me, was successfully rolling out autonomous food delivery robots to college campuses uh, as a test. Drone retail delivery is also being explored. You're all familiar with that with some of the Amazon uh, uh, tests that were going on. Consumer service robotics have also been explored. Uh, in January of last year, Hyundai announced a robot called Dow E that would aid in automotive showrooms. The robot can greet customers and help them find the vehicle that meets their needs. It also uses facial, facial recognition and AI to detect if the customer is wearing a mask and advise them appropriately, appropriately about rules. Robotic inventory management. Uh, there are several large retailers right now using machines that rove around the store, robots that can analyze, uh, that can count goods, analyze uh, the products uh, feeding to the replenishment systems. Uh, they can determine misplaced items on shelves and more. Voice commerce, another interesting artificial intelligence improvement. Smart, smart assistants we're all familiar with, like Google Assistant, Alexa, and Siri. They're becoming more and more, more advanced in their voice recognition and responsiveness. Their ability to serve customers in the retail industry has improved tremendously. There's an awful lot of uses left to be explored with the process of ordering products from your home with your voice without a screen to aid you visually. Smart home devices are expected to be used in more than 77 million homes in the United States by 2025, meaning it's a huge opportunity for businesses to take advantage of. Other kinds of IoT devices in customer homes can prove valuable too, such as AR-capable uh, smart mirrors. The most important part of the whole process is making sure that these devices are not intrusive and that they are generally helpful to consumers. Walmart has a voice ordering system that they have, uh, they're exploring to put this technology in action by asking smart speakers to add products to a cart. They can place orders entirely by voice. This item, these items are then made available for pickup by Walmart's by for packing by Walmart's workers and pick up by their customers. I'd like to give you some specific examples and some stores of some of those different technologies. Um, uh, Burberry is in July, 2020, opened a social, the Burberry social retail store uh, in China. Sichuan, China, in partnership with other uh, technology people, Burberry, Burberry hopes to capitalize on both the region's luxury retail and social media, combining the two into an interactive experience. As users interact with a mini program uh, and an app, they can uh, book appointments, learn more about social products, they, and they accumulate a virtual social currency. This currency is then used to generally hatch and involve an animal character on the shopper's mobile screen while they're moving around the store. It's a, considered a fun and adorable way of gamifying store experience and rewarding customers for their engagement. As, in common, as is common in China, QR codes are also utilized extensively. Uh, Lush from Japan is home to the first and very Instagrammable Lush store that uses the Lush Labs app as a primary source for product information in the store interactivity. The store opened in late 2018. It's dedicated solely to its many different 
bath bombs, which are displayed in all shapes, colors, and sizes, neatly on shelving units around the edge of these small retail spaces, as well as the sushi-style conveyor belts. Shoppers are invited to select bath bombs that appeal to them by scent, visual appeal, or both, and then scan the product with a feat with uh, the, their phone using the in-store app. Scanning the bath bombs with your mobile will reveal more information, including its name, ingredients, properties, and benefits, and visuals showing even how it will dissolve in your bathtub. This is in place of the in-person demonstrations commonly, which commonly might be used uh, in Lush's other brick and mortar shops. M&S is a UK food retailer, which has unique Q checkouts to incorporate on the spot payment in its stores in late 2020. Pay With Me, the app, allows customers with a small number of items to check out with an M&S staff member while they are queuing rather than they have to wait for a self-service or manned cash register to become available. A handheld device controlled by staff members are used to take contactless payment for the items, freeing up long queues to make the store less crowded, ultimately safer for shoppers during in shopping in-store during the pandemic. Apple Pay is also uh, accepted by the device. This technology has been rolled out in 200 stores so far in a wider effort to make shopping in their bricks and mortar stores more efficient and will be in all their stores in the next two to three years. Hema, a Chinese e-commerce, uh, Chinese, uh, e Chinese, in 2016, Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba opened its first Hema store in China. The premise of this supermarket is to co combine elements of online and offline shopping to create the ultimate seamless experience in-store QR codes are used most frequently on products to get more information, including the exact date food items were harvested, sourced, and delivered. Uh, payment can also be delivered through the HEMA app, app, making shopping quick and convenient. Another impressive element is their in-store dining experience. This is a grocery store, mind you. Customers can use the app to organize a seat at a table, as well as order items from the store to be cooked. Robots are used to move the items from shelves to the kitchen and deliver the meals when they are ready. Pretty impressive stuff, in my opinion. <clears throat> Nike's Speed Shop in New York City is called the House of Innovation. As you might expect from the name, it's not your ordinary store, including digital elements to create an immersive and highly convenient customer experience. A standout feature of this sixth floor studio is the Speed Shop, which allows customers to reserve shoes online to try on in-store. More specifically, customers arrive through a dedicated entrance to find a locker with their name on it, which can be unlocked via their smartphone. Mobile checkout is also available, meaning customers do not need to speak to anyone, let alone stand in queue if they want to buy the shoes in question, the ultimate in convenience shopping. Uh, next, Amazon Go and Amazon Fresh Automated Checkout. Amazon has revolutionized the online shopping experience, but the brand is now intent on taking a slice of the physical retail pie also with its Go stores. Branded as fresh in the UK, where they first began opening stores, they use a combination of computer vision, deep learning, sensor fusion technology to automate the payment and checkout process. This means customers enter the store, pick up items, and leave without queuing or checking out while payment is automatically, automatically made through the Amazon Go app. There are now 27 stores open in the U.S. and reported plans for thousands more worldwide. Bingo Box has an interesting concept also in China of a completely unmanned store. 
It takes a concept, that concept to the next level. First launched in 2016, there are now thousands of these tiny 24-7 convenience stores located around China for public uh, convenience. Customers must scan a QR code with the widely used WeChat app, which will grant them access to the store. And that's before they're able to come in and uh, browse the 800 different SKUs, including drinks, snacks, and other items. Once these products are selected, Bingo Box visitors can utilize the self-checkout complete with RFID on packaging, which eliminates the need for scanning and then pay using their WeChat or Alipay. On the way out, there's even a smart security system that identifies products on a person that have not been paid for and will not let the individual out of the store until they have replaced it on the shelf. This is a huge step forward in the widespread use that's beginning for unmanned retail stores. <clears throat> Kroger's additional price tags I talked a little bit about earlier, um, which it, it uses digital displays of pricing, nutritional information, other information to allow the store to instantly, and that allows the store to instantly uh, and remotely update it. Consumer experience aside, the edge technology used is said to have an impact on the retailer's sustainability efforts. According to Microsoft, the tech runs on renewable energy, while the illuminated pricing means that Kroger will be able to turn down overhead lighting and, there, and therefore reduce energy costs. Next example is Zara and their augmented reality windows display. In 2018, Zara introduced augmented reality technology to its stores for a limited time through exterior window displays and special in-store AR zones. Visitors to, select, to selected Zara stores were prompted to stand in a specific area of the shop floor and use their phone as a lens, could be, which could be held up to a sensor. Models then appeared in space around them. This gave shoppers a clearer idea of the way, uh, on their phone, obviously, but they gave shoppers a clearer idea of the way clothes hung on the body and how they could be styled without needing to venture into a fitting room, if they were, as, especially if they were pushed for time. The interior window, the exterior, excuse me, window displays worked in just the same way, except the virtual models used the empty display unit behind as a window as if it were a catwalk. And, treated shoppers on the, store, uh, on the street as the audience. Chanel's Boutique of Tomorrow. Uh, Chanel partnered with Farfetch to unveil the, Beak of Tomorrow, the Boutique of Tomorrow at the brand's flagship store in Paris in late 2019, which, begin, which brings together online and offline Chanel shopping to create a more streamlined omni-channel experience. When somebody walked into the Chanel boutique, the sales associate in the store through an app that was connected to the customer's app would know who they were and what they'd gotten in their wish list, if, especially if they had booked an appointment for the come into the store. And all those items would already be uh, from their digital wish list would be miraculously waiting for them in the changing room, or they could be uh, viewed in the uh, augmented reality operated mirrors inside the boutique's changing rooms. And they would also display stylist recommendations on based on what the customer was trying on and suggest other products that could complement their choices. Um, Sam's Club is using robotic floor scrubbers and shelf animals. I'm sure you've all seen uh, robots running around stores. I've seen them in uh, uh, Target and Walmart for sure. Uh, those, as they're monitoring the shelves to make sure the uh, inventories are correct. I've also seen the floor scrubber that I just described in use in several different retails. I've seen in Sam's Club extensively. And as, as technology like this becomes commonplace, Fulfillment in fulfillment centers around the world is likely that we'll see it being gradually adapted to carry out other administrative tasks. 
and the brick and mortar retail shops. So the, uh, I guess the big question is will retailers move fast enough toward the future uh, in technology and do they have the resources, i.e. money to invest in the needed change? My prediction is we'll see a lot more store closures and bankruptcies in the future. It will continue, the trend will continue. We'll see continued impressive online growth. Uh, one of the key accesses for retailers, especially with all the bankruptcies I talked about earlier, will be their access to capital um, and how quickly they're willing and able to move toward tech. Um, COVID changed people and companies. Employees value working from home. Consumers still shy away from in-store experience, especially crowds. Uh, early on, I said 41% of consumers, and that's, that survey is a couple of years old, are extremely happy with tech uh, being in retail. So I could sum it all up like this. The future is yet to be written, but there are many challenges which retailers and apparel and man manufacturers of apparel brands are going to have to face in the future. And with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to Melody. Can't thank you enough, John. That was absolutely fabulous. I'm going to have to study a lot of those things uh, because I am a low-tech person and I have to, you know, uh, learn to navigate that world because it definitely is going to be our world. The only good thing about it for John would be if I didn't learn how to do it and couldn't buy anything online or in the store, <laughs> but that isn't going to happen. But anyway, I wanted to say that the only thing I have to add to that, because he covered everything and more than what I even thought about, it was just fantastic about the future of retail, but it would be that all of these pop-up shops that they're having, they have been successful. And I know that some of them are actually taking vans around to given communities where they have a group of clients and they actually take out the lines of clothing that those people want. I know this is happening in uh, high-end areas in uh, California and Beverly Hills and other places in, in almost every single state. The, um, this may be a new thing that designers have where they have, instead of having the personal shoppers and having the people that go in the stores that are in charge of their particular line, uh, they're probably going to hire people to go in their vans and actually take the clothing to people more so than they are already. You know, we have food trucks and they're very, very, very successful all over. And this is just another way to kind of have a pop-up shop, but not with a lot of people. So if you go to a neighborhood and everybody has an appointment, then you know, you won't be tripping over each other there either. And you can just take the clothes and try them on in your house if you want, if you don't want to try them in the van or mobile home or whatever they intend to purchase to travel in neighborhoods in. But that's one thing. The other thing I popped in my head was I just saw Tommy Hill figure on LinkedIn and Tommy was talking about he's going to have a virtual pop-up store where he virtually has a store. He'll be there. He will show the line. He will show what's up and coming, actually have models, have people, have the clothes, and you can actually buy and purchase things from this online uh, virtual um pop-up store. So that's another new, new thing is having the, the virtual pop-up store. And I think that's quite interesting. Um, I've only got about less than 10 minutes left. So I think 
What I'd like to say is there is an experience that you love about going into brick and mortar. Going into a retail store can be fun. It used to be when I did with my mother when I was a child. And some people just like to touch and feel and see the fabrications. What I would like to add to that, what my um, husband said Yes, the man that I am married to and is my favorite person in the whole wide world. Yes, I did invite him on my show, but who better to do the future of retail than the king of retail? So I want to say that there are people that like to touch and feel and know what they're going to buy. And it could just be the fabric if they knew the silhouette, they want to try it on. So yes, we know that people will buy things and send them back. And hopefully everything will get to be so they will have return labels sent because there's too many that do that. And if you don't do it, you're not going to get chopped. With me, my aggravation is because I am all about the fabric. I am a fabric horror. I like to know that it's natural, it's silk, it's cotton, it's gauze. It doesn't have polyester in it. doesn't have any kind of plasticized fabrication in it. First of all, it's not good for my skin. I'm very, very sensitive. I need to have fabric that breathes and breathes. And I have noticed that on a lot of sites now, uh, you can go and you can look and you can see, and there is not the fabric written down there under the details like they used to. So I think online needs to have every single element of fabrication that is in the garment. They need to have every measurement from width of the shoulders to waist length, hips, uh, if they're jeans, the amount of space in the butts or whatever, and the bust line, how, how large of a bust line it can handle if they're stretch. And I, there has to be much more detail on the online buying. And yes, I know they're going to have the scanners. That's going to take a while to implement. I think they're fabulous. I think that the algorithms need to include the waist length, like I so often speak about. And as Paula Cannon spoke about uh, on the length of... Uh, uh, my husband's just noting me that in the future, I'll be able to s simulate the touch of a fabric on, on my computer. So, okay, here again, I didn't know about that. So that's fabulous. But I absolutely, it'll be like the sound on, on the uh, movie section where who, who did the best sound. I'm always amazed at how well the, the sound effects are. And I guess that'll be how this touchy-feely part of shopping will be. But I never thought I would shop online, never in a million years. But I have gotten so, unless it's my favorite store here in town, which is the limited edition that Margaret Lehman owns, who she will be on the show one day. That store is just so fun to go into. It's kind of a one-shop stopping because you can buy gifts. You, I can buy for myself. I can buy for my mother. I can buy for my sister. Um it's fun to go in there. I love the women that work there. And it's also a social engagement for me to go shopping and buy things, try them on and get out, have lunch. I don't think women are going to totally give that up. But I do think when you can shop online and find what you need and able to send back what doesn't work out, I do buy by label a lot. So I know how they fit. What gets me is when they change designers and they change the fit, then you order and you buy and then you find out, oops, new designer, new fit. But uh, luckily, if you buy good things, they last forever. I know that's a different philosophy than my friend, Rachel Cates, who was on the show from Pierre Cardin, who talked about buying everything, uh, TJ Maxx, Ross's and Marshall's. I think that's a great idea for many, many, many people. I would probably tend to buy the more expensive things and just not buy very many and wear them over and over again because they make me look better. But then again, I'm short-waisted, hourglass short-waisted. I'm gradually becoming a square because my back is sliding. I don't like that, but that's happening. So I'm becoming even more short-waisted. My hips and my boobs are getting closer and closer together and my wide shoulders. So, hello. I still have these very long legs, though. 
But I look forward to shopping uh, online in the future with some of these new things that they're doing. And I particularly want online to have that 3D uh, algorithm where you can algorithm where they can you can snapshot a woman's body shape and waist length and be able to help her not buy the wrong size or the wrong silhouette for her body shape. Because that's, of course, my big deal is too many women, they love to shop by what their eye likes, but what your eye likes has nothing at all to do with looks good on your body. Like I had someone say to me once, your hair and your makeup and your handbag don't particularly go with your love for the kind of hippie, uh, I'll call it a luxe hippie look. And I go, well, I don't like luxe hippie look. It's just that I have to wear a tunic and have it taken in in the sides because I am very short-waisted and very long-legged and long-armed. So, yes, I have to buy a tunic. And usually these tunics come in these prints that look somewhat boho hippie-ish. And I have to have silk or 100% cotton, and that leans leans toward the designer in those fabrication, leans toward somewhat artsy, boho-y looking. You know, would I like to have that in black with a white collar, or would I like to have it in gold with a cream collar? Of course I would. But it's not cheaper to have things made now in today's world. It's much more expensive to have things custom made than it is to buy it in a store, even if it's designer. But I, and I have made, a, had a lot of custom clothes made and they were, they were fabulous. It's just that now they, um, you know, they were very trendy and they're not the trend right now. And even if they were, they wouldn't fit me because <laughs> it was 38 years ago. So I am saying that I think there's a lot of good that can come out of this buying online. And they do come, they do um, have just about everything. But I'm going to have to close now because I'm going over again. Gosh, to think that I could talk too much. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning into the Space of the Ways. And thank you, John Edmondson, my guest. Thank you so much for being here today talking about the future of retail. And this is Melody. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.